Bonjour, nerds. Welcome back to Region Free, uh, our second week of the new French Extremity podcast. And gosh, I, I just sat down to record this thing and I forgot what movie we're talking about here today. Hold on a sec. Blake, do you hear that? Someone's someone's knocking at the door. Let me inside. Do you, do you think I should let them inside? Let me inside. Yeah, talking about an absolute fucking barn burner today. A normal, feel-good, great time at the cinema. If, uh, inside. If a I may jump in film. really quick. Yep. One, apologies, listeners. Coming to you live from the mic of some earbuds that I think were really, uh, launched in 06. Uh, second, wouldn't it have been funnier if you said, like, bonjour, nerds? Like, bonjour, no, but, like, you made it, nerds? Okay, well, we still have a, a couple more French episodes to get through, so I want to save fair. some of the best material. Okay, okay, that's good. I didn't anyway, want to well, double up. I had the knock thing planned. It took me a week and a half to plan that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, so what, what is... Inside. What, what is, if I knock at the door? What is what is Inside, AJ? Is this that Bo Burnham movie where the white man feels bad about himself? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's... Definitely a movie about white men. <laughs> well, I actually don't think it's that's actually true. not. I was I was reading a pretty interesting quote from the directors who are Alexandre Bustillo and Julian Murray. The directors of Leatherface, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel film. Never heard of it. Suppose is it good? It's kind of cool. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, this is obviously their sort of most accomplished work their first uh mm-hmm. real foray into the horror genre a space that they've been working in basically ever since uh they directed a movie called the deep house as well that came out a couple of years ago the poster and premise of the film were very alluring to me uh and then i heard that it was bad so i haven't watched it yet but it's on paramount plus it's on p plus my mm. preferred streaming service these days so maybe i'll have to check it out i'm on i'm on hinge given that p plus that's right, folks. He can't say that. Um, <laughs> I can say anything I want. The quote that I was go- referring to earlier, uh, they were like, you know, we had the idea to make a horror movie. Pretty original, right? Um, we looked at horror movies. We thought it's always about these old guys chasing young girls. So we thought, let's do a little gender swap. It's 2007. Let's be progressive. Let's make the fe- the villain a female and think about why would a woman be hunting down and trying to hurt another woman which is the premise of this film uh and they come up with a pretty unique answer i mean okay so not not immediately diving into why would a woman want to hunt another woman because that feels problematic and might need some unpacking in regards to the movie itself not enough women antagonists in horror in general i mean you have like friday the 13th of course you have that little gnome from don't look now um what are some other barbarian ones? do what barbarian Barba- i guess you yeah. justin long is the villain of that movie but there's a nice female creature true okay i guess i'm thinking like slashers right like you do have you have mama Voorhees, yeah. you have the little lady from don't look now but like there's not a ton of slasher ladies well hmm tony collette in hereditary that's not a slasher she does some slashing at the end of sleepaway it. camp is an interesting one yeah, because well, if you see I it, like... you, I, I, I guess I don't. I guess I, I don't know if that's a male or a female killer, due to the end of the movie. I'm thinking of like Hellraiser two. There's a lot of ambiguity mm. in there, and again, not a slasher, but some of the yeah. uh, Cenobites are sort of 
female coded. But I guess you're kind of right. Um, yeah. Well, not to play my hand or anything too early, I think this movie might have one of the most iconic and intimidating female villains of all time. Because holy shit, uh, she, our girl Beatrice Dahl is back, back at it again. She's back. And she's serving, folks. She's eating this film up. No crumbs. Uh, continue. He, well, I was just going to say, we're probably going to spend an hour talking about this, but one of the most frightening and foreboding performances and kind of forces of nature that a human being is transformed into yeah. uh, take place in this film. So I uh, I have been kind of shouting about this movie the last couple of years. I, um, in 2020 or 21... I went down, like, the Martyrs had finally been put on streaming. Like, I had mm. been waiting, like, it felt like half my life to watch it. So I watched it, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I, I, I love the NFE stuff. So I started watching some other ones, and Inside was one that popped up. I'd never heard of it. And then seeing it was, like, 78 minutes long, I was like, that's perfect. I'm in. Side. Um, and I watched it, man. In the house I'm actually in now, which is my parents' house. I'm house-sitting. I watched it in their basement in pitch black a couple of years ago. And within 20 minutes, I had to pause it because I got so scared. Because the Stand opening to the film is fucking terrifying. Well, uh, yeah. It's a movie that even takes a little bit to get going. But Well, one of the best scares you can actually miss in the very beginning of the film. I'll, I'll put that on wax. Did you notice it? Put that it? on wax. Did you notice it? I mean, the I'm assuming you're referring to the, the character in the background. Well, that happens twice. Yeah. The one at the park, I didn't actually see the first time. It was only on yeah. the second watch that I caught. I will say, I want to say up front, my second watch of this movie did not enjoy it as much because I think it relies so much on the shock that when you know it's going to happen, it doesn't have the impact. Yeah. But also, you know what? This little fucking chestnut is 78 minutes long, and I behoove the viewer to watch What, what are you going to do? Say it's a bad movie? You can't. Absolutely not. It's <laughs> um, also, you could buy it for $5 on Apple right now, which is That's great. right. The unrated cut, which there are some differences. Mm, I wonder if I saw the unrated originally. I don't recall. Did it have the uh, puking milk sequence? That actually, I remember watching that the uh, night or two ago, and I was like, I don't remember this that's the unrated cut yeah interesting you know i I had um i watched this a couple weeks ago when we were prepping to do this season i watched as many of those nfe films as i could in one sitting Mm -hmm. so some of the stuff we're going to be talking about and then yeah like your martyrs high tension the classics um i watched this one and not to spoil any upcoming episodes mm-hmm. clearly my favorite of the bunch really uh, of the new, the new of the new stuff that i watched you know oh, okay um so not including like trouble every day or raw right but um that handful of films that i was just talking about uh this was just an absolute stunner like a true revelation to me i definitely have some qualms with it but sure its strengths far outweigh its weaknesses and its strengths are out of control scary mm-hmm. and just a complete and total bloodbath while also kind of being a really sad movie like i i uh i finished watching it for the second time about 10 minutes ago and yeah. i was just like let's just get into it because this movie uh takes a while to work through your system you can't really stand up and be like time to go on with my day after finishing a nice casual inside 2007 well it opens by just like i mean it's it, it, the movie is and i think 
people have diff- varying opinions on this kind of storytelling conceit, but it, it the way it tells its story is through blunt force trauma, both literally and metaphorically. Like the movie opens with a voiceover, you see this this very goofy 3D baby in a womb. Someone is saying like, "I have my baby. No one can take this from me." And then we get a sh- a cut to a massive car wreck happen, and we see a pregnant woman. And her betrothed husband, whatever the case might be, dead as a doornail. Just mm-hmm. gone. And that is how the film opens. It's like, all right, from minute one, we don't even get to experience the happiness of this couple. We are immediately jumping into what is likely to be the worst grief of this person's entire existence. Yeah. And here's a thing, too, maybe for the uninitiated or people who have just watched this movie or maybe it's haven't in French. Even seen it. It's in French. Yes, that's the big thing. Um, it's a horror movie called Inside opens with pregnant lady survives a car crash and you kind of don't really know where else it's going you know to the uninitiated you might assume i think a lot of horror movies play around with the like pregnancy as Mm -hmm. horror trope it's obviously a natural thing that's you know i've never gone through it but i understand that it's a thing that's very stressful anxiety inducing can be very scary and very painful to have another human being growing inside of you Mm -hmm. and so my like kind of first blush with this film i was like oh is this just gonna be another sort of like demon baby growing inside me it's a manifestation of guilt trauma etc etc uh it's not and it's much stronger for that but i think it plays its cards pretty close to its chest in the onset where it's not really telling you what the movie's going to be or what it's about until it just starts happening about, I want to say 20 minutes, but that doesn't sound right. That's like a third of the movie. It's probably 15 minutes in, yeah. you kind of realize what the movie is. But from there, it's it's kind of a video game-ass movie in that it's just like stuff happening, the hero reacting to it and trying to get out of a horrible situation. What did you think of the main character? Sarah. Sarah, who she's a journalist, she's pregnant, she's dealing with the immediate aftermaths of um, losing her husband while also being in a late stage of her pregnancy. There is a very interesting choice made with the character of Sarah where there is a noticeable, not literal because the baby is in her, but emotional distance after Mm -hmm. this wreck. Like you can kind of tell she maybe doesn't want to have this child anymore because her husband is no longer there. And I don't I mean, think it's, it's a, a I don't want to take care of a child. traumatic thing to go through, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a I don't want to take care of a child alone type thing. I think it's like I have lost the other part of my life. Like this is now this being growing in me is just a reminder of what's been taken. And I thought that was really interesting because I think a lesser film would view the baby as Sarah's reason to live. And really it's now this burden on her and this kind of like PTSD trigger to just yeah, I mean, there, a child in her. There's like a ticking time bomb aspect to it. She's mm-hmm. like, what, exactly nine months pregnant. And when the yeah. film picks up, it's like Christmas Eve. And they're like, you're coming in tomorrow and we're cutting this baby out of you. Yeah. And I think they are, they are a little laissez-faire about the whole thing where it's like, okay, you're ready to pop, buns in the oven, we're going to send you home alone. They'll be like, you come in here tomorrow, make sure you have somebody to drive you. And then she's just like, yeah, I'm going to keep working, just doing my pictures. Again, I've never given birth. I, they, She seems very casual about the whole thing. So an interesting thing to note about this movie 
especially compared to are we watching frontiers next week yeah um in the backdrop of this entire movie as it will be in the beginning of frontiers is um a political unrest in the streets of Paris. Belly. Um I believe because of the murder of a few a few people in a minority group, I don't specifically remember, but Sarah is a jur- photojournalist. Um going out it just says I guess going out into the streets 9 months pregnant to take pictures of violent protests, which is wild to think about. Uh, yeah. But that is definitely in the backdrop of this film. And I don't know. I, it seems to be gesturing at something broadly by the end of it. What did you think of that whole thing? Yeah. I mean, the new French extremity wave movement genre, whatever you want to call it, as we kind of talked a little bit about last week, is pretty broadly and inherently political, informed mm-hmm. by a lot of French history. And then the modern reaction to oh, this neo-colonial power in the world, what does it mean to be a part of it and like to exist in this modernity? So I think that's a theme that's kind of running through the entire, every film we're going to be talking about. Um, Here in in Inside, it's obviously a much more intimate personal story and gets to this place of like a pretty direct interpersonal conflict at the end of it. But yeah, I think that bit that's humming in the background of all of it, uh, there aren't many characters in this film, and by the end, just doing the sort of count, most of them are policemen, because I think mm-hmm. there's, like, the two women, uh, a father, or a mother, a kind of random father figure, and then it's, like, three cops and a prisoner. So that's about half the cast uh, yeah. is is cops. And they're, you know, not portrayed particularly uh, proficiently or, or uh, responsibly. So... I don't know if there's like a broader sort of metaphor for the film. I think it's got pretty upfront and grisly intentions in terms of just being like, hey, uh, want to imagine the worst night you could ever possibly have in your life? And and it runs with that. So t- tell us what happens. We see Sarah in the hospital getting an ultrasound. We see her in a park and in the background, a woman is watching her. You blink, you miss yeah. that shit, but it's... And we're never going to come back to that. It's not going to matter later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> utterly terrifying moment you can just totally miss in that movie. Uh, yeah. But when, we, when Sarah gets back to her house, uh, is it is the s- switch that flips from, here's a, here's, some, here's a movie setting itself up to, all right, it's unrelenting nightmare time, bros. Yeah. Um, a film that I know you and I both love, Paranormal Activity, yes. does this does this really well where when that shifts into nighttime, you're like, buckle up, uh, my little I'm I'm puckered up because I know I'm in for something terrifying and I don't know where and I don't know when it's gonna come from. But yeah. So it's Christmas Eve night, she is home alone, nine months pregnant, ready to pop, and her house is just shrouded in this oppressive and very ominous darkness. And outside the window, kind of she's milling about for a little bit, and then outside the window appears this just black, terrifying shadow of a woman. And well, from there, she's haunted. <laughs> well, you know what? This I think this is a very specific suburban fear. Is Absolutely. The, is the type of window. 
because it's not like a small kitchen window. It is a large glass screen door to the outside, which if you grew up in certain types of neighborhoods, you had. And they're terrifying at night as they just peek out to the great black abyss of your back fucking yard. And I remember seeing this as I was literally sitting next to a similar door the first time I watched this movie. And it scared the living shit out of me, imagining this black silhouette just standing there. And Beatrice Tall, she feels like she's nine feet tall in every movie she's in. She seems like... The costuming in this as well, she's just got this, like, billowy black dress. Yeah. And there's, like, a... You know, uh, talk about Michael Myers in the original Halloween film, just the shape. Mm -hmm. It's got that exact same kind of energy where it's just like there's something paranormal and unearthly about this. But at the end of the day, she's just a tall woman. The one thing I wish they would not have done because the scene is so menacing and so scary. The way she just stands out there is she does light a cigarette and give her face away. And I kind of wish they would have kept the just shape for a little longer. Mm -hmm. Um, We also skipped over Beatrice Dahl. Her name and the character, I believe, is just the woman. The woman. Um, La Femme. La Femme, um, La Femme Publique, uh, oui. which is a, uh, the director of uh, Possession. Anyway, she does actually knock on the front door at one point. We skipped over that. And she says, let me in. You know, my car broke down. And Sarah's like, no. And then she, <laughs> my husband's asleep. And she, then she's like, no, your husband's her, dead. She, yeah, she plays her hand. She's like, no, she's not Sarah. And then she shows up behind. And I kind of wish they would have held away from showing her face for just a little longer. It kind of mm-hmm. deflates it, you know, seeing the monster for me. Yeah. But her standing out there, she, at one point she punches the glass door and cracks it. Yeah. Very scary. A terrifying. So this is the moment I was alluding to where I had to pause the movie the first time I watched it and, like, like turn the lights on for a bit. It's, it's horrifying. I mean, home invasions freak me out, but also, like, this is just a very well done moment, minus that one part I kind of didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something you and I have talked about when it comes to horror movies, uh, a genre we both obviously appreciate and are obsessed with. Uh, I, I'm rarely, you know, frightened by mm-hmm. films where ordinary human beings are the bad guys, right? Um, mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about this where it takes a lot for me to be like, okay, yeah, I get it. There's some some elevation going on here and we're obviously doing some heightening with dramatic tension, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this... This stretch here where it's it's Beatrice Dahl trying to get into the house and then ultimately the kind of way it's revealed in which she does get into the house, uh, bone chilling, mm-hmm. unsettling to the core. Just some of the most frightening shit I've ever seen depicted on a screen. Um, and it's very smart at first. I really like the sort of slow drip approach where, yeah, it's just shapes outside Is my are my eyes playing tricks on me. You, the viewer, are realizing thing bef- things before the character in the film is is realizing that that's always a nice trick to play but once they have this conversation this confrontation through the front door at that point it's just like yeah uh la femme this woman is an absolute brute force of nature who's getting in that house one way or another uh and it's rather terrifying and the way she gets in the house is fucking disturbing Because Sarah calls the cops. The cops come. They're fucking idiots. They don't help at all. They're basically like, damn, sounds crazy. You're probably going to die, but we can't help. You know, the way it's cold outside. Yeah. The way these fucking dumbass cops do, you know, France, America, they show show up first, right? Um, They show up. Yeah. They like show up and like, you know, they take some information. Sarah had taken a very bad photo of what's mm -hmm. outside. Like, you know, just because she had her flash on. It's important Uh, that 
the cops meet her face to face and that they mention like we don't see anything you seem pretty safe uh yeah. we're gonna send a patrol car to check up on you later tonight um and then they're gone basically but in the background like yeah they're largely unhelpful <laughs> as tends to go in these films other than being like we'll send someone by later surely that won't turn out bad for anyone but um in the background of one of these shots you can see the front door kind of ajar as it's been left uh left him just as a shadow walks through the back through the front door and heads upstairs and man I don't that you know I I've thought about this before. A very specific fear of mine when watching horror movies is things happening in the background you can miss, yep. and I think it's because in the original Halloween that either A happens a lot or B you think it happens a lot, but it actually doesn't. Um, though the Rob Zombie Halloween did end up doing that a lot. Anyway, this movie does it twice: once in the very beginning and then right here, and it's horrifying when beatrice doll is just in the background of shots and you can Mm -hmm. totally miss her i mean it's like you want to scream at the screen hey did you miss that did you see that yeah yeah well it's also the closest you're gonna get to experiencing sarah's fear in the film is not knowing where this person is is her being hidden in shots yeah so then i mean the cops leave sarah goes to develop some photos and starts to like notice this shape in the background of a few of them, right? Uh, she's got her friend, who we skipped over this earlier, but in the park, um, it's kind of like a mentor or a teacher, kind of like a former boss, I think, is this guy who's going to come pick her up and drive her to the hospital. And you're realizing these are all precarious little chess pieces that are being set up on the board uh, as we're about to endure a night of hell. But she, you know, eventually tucks herself into bed and then in another fucking horrifying moment Beatrice Dahl just kind of very casually waltzes into the room is watching her lie there falling asleep and then pulls out you know the most iconic element of this film in in my estimation big old pair of scissors yeah just scissors that it looks like people like uh cut open casts with Mm -hmm. it's not great I don't know why you'd have that around your fucking house well, she's a, a photographer, maybe cut rolls of film or something. They are obnoxiously large. You could scissors. cut rolls of film with like the, the scissors you get for a first grader when they go. They're to remarkably thin, aren't they? Yeah. 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 We're gonna have to investigate that. We don't know what her husband did. Maybe he was a scissor manufacturer. A virgin? A surgeon. Oh, I was like, I don't think so. His They're wife's for pregnant. Cutting bone. Yeah. They're garden um, shears, effectively. Maybe they were maybe they're garden shears. Uh violence ensues isn't that right blake hester she tries she immediately tries to she immediately tries to cut this lady's belly open get that baby out yeah and then i mean it's 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 awful she sticks the scissor blade into the sarah's belly button yeah (laughs) i mean i'm getting i'm getting chills just thinking about it i would not like anybody to do that to me please don't do that to me if you ever have the The, uh ability listeners the raw display of, like, just trauma in this film is absurd. Like, the the pain Sarah is put through by the end of this film is off the fucking charts. This woman yeah. goes through the goddamn ringer. I do think, especially in the finale, it gets to a point where the violence becomes borderline comical. But in this first half, I think the first, you know... 50 minutes to an hour of this film are pretty unimpeachable they are just like 
really taut, really intense, terrifying. You don't know what's going on. And then as things kind of crystallize towards the end there, I'm I'm I, I'm kind of tapping out a little bit as it gets as extreme as it does. But up front, holy moly. Yeah, dude, you'd think uh, Sean Finnessy and Amanda Dobbins were in this movie the way they're putting through the ringer. That's right. It's a big picture. It's actually not very big. It's 78 minutes long. And that's kind of a small picture. Yeah. Uh, Sarah ends up taking one of those blades to the face, not the tummy, but it's a gnarly cut. And she runs off and escapes into the bathroom where she basically barricades herself and spends a good chunk of the movie. movie. But God, this is a great opportunity for us to talk about the sound design and some of the noises that Beatrice Dahl makes and the music that elevates some of those like guttural screams it is accompanied by this industrial metallic just screeching noise in the score and there are these sound effects when she's stabbing at the door or eventually later on stabbing through people that is just like this sharp ringing like jolt of electricity there's really no other way to describe it but it's just it's not pleasant i don't i don't enjoy listening to it the sounds Beatrice Dahl is able to get out of her body in this movie are horrifying. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. guttural at times. Yeah. Because as much suffering as Sarah goes through, like, she gets a few good blows on Beatrice's character, La Femme. Yeah. Um, and Sarah has a very typical horror reaction, you know, just kind of like a woman's scream. Beatrice Dahl is feral in a lot yep. of this film, especially when she is put through pain. Like she kind of, she she's kind of put in a feral state. She, you know, like I don't think we touched on it much. She's a phenomenal actress. Oh, incredible! I mean, in this and Trouble Every Day, which we yeah. just talked about, she kind of just gets to be let loose as this animalistic creature. And in both roles, that's really imbued with this innate and very explicit sense of femininity, right? Like mm-hmm. her personhood is is still very important in that equation when you look at the acts of violence that she's partaking in and the things that she's doing there's a pretty uh well thought out reason for it in both cases um and yeah i mean i've not seen her in a ton of other stuff i know we ch- we chatted about this a little bit but goddamn if she hasn't become one of my per- favorite performers in the past two weeks we're gonna we're gonna watch one more with her in it Lux, hey, that's right that's hey, right Charlotte's gainsburg let's go let's go um so, guy from the beginning of the movie shows up, who I believe is Sarah's boss, the editor-in-chief of this newspaper. Yeah. He shows up, and God bless him, he's like, oh, you're Sarah's mom. And Beatrice Dahl's like, yep, got pregnant old daughter. One, she is one of those up. things where I'm I'm pulling out my hair. I'm like, you yeah. fucking moron. Yeah. Um, also, did it seem... This seem like old, old, old boys trying to get something from Beatrice Dahl? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They're 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 having a nice little flirtation ship. She's like, let me make you some tea, uh, and I, I forget kind of how he catches on. I think he kind of hears Sarah's the picture stuffed yeah. in the couch uh, that Sarah had taken a Beatrice doll as she was outside the house, mm-hmm. because Sarah had called him and said, "Hey, I want you to enhance a photo for me," and then he confronts Beatrice Doll's character, and it doesn't work out so great for him. He does end up getting got. He gets, what, stabbed through the knee as he's going upstairs? So one thing that bothered me in this film is Sarah is in the bathroom. It's not a Mm -hmm. particularly large house. And she does have a doorbell, which if you've been to a house, you know rings 
throughout the entirety of the house. <laughs> yeah. Many people ring this doorbell, and I guess sound does not make it up the ten steps to she's, her second floor. Um, she's aware that he's in the house. I think there there are some scenes where she's, like, clawing at the door. I think, you know, maybe she's hoarse or, or can't get it out or no, something like that. But I I disagree. I don't think it's ever communicated that she knows people are in there. Because it's like, it feels, and I hate to send him a sense this, I'm sorry. But it just stood out to me the more time people rang the doorbell. Is Sarah seems to make no attempt to communicate, whether it's like banging on the door or anything. Mm. Like it, it's it's a bit of a grading thing by the end, where it's like three cops come in, a mom comes in, yeah, boss. Like this doorbell is ringing off the goddamn hook, and Sarah can't hear any of it. Well, old boy tries to to do the right thing, and he's like, "Let me go upstairs and investigate this," and he just gets got by Lafemme. He gets he gets stabbed in the taint. Yeah, he gets obliterated basically it's it look in a film in a film full of brutal deaths homeboy's really just taking it oh hold Um, on we've actually we have fucked up the entire order because no 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 we fucked this up is i i knew that there was another kill that occurs i i forgot the sequence i i I made a note to talk about this one. I thought yeah. this was afterwards because I know that there's a lot more blood on the wall. But you're talking about one poor little critter who catches a stray in this movie in the most unnecessary act of violence. Well, so when the boss is there, what finally gives away, he starts to confront Beatrice Dahl and be like, what's up with this picture? What's going on? And right at that moment, Sarah's mother walks in. Yeah. And they're both like, the, the boss is like, hey, who the fuck are you? And he, she's like, who are you? Why are you? Why are you in my daughter's house? And then he looks at Beatrice Dahl, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And then the mother storms upstairs, and see, because Sarah doesn't know that the fucking doorbell rang. Yeah. She now, now I don't know how I feel about this. This is one of those things where you know, like uh, immortal techniques, dance with the devil, and that <laughs> whole genre of like fucked up. Like, yeah. okay, there's no other way to describe it other than like, yeah middle school intensity but it's like imagine how fucking sick and twisted this would be um sarah's actual birth mother storming up the stairs to investigate where her daughter is it's at this point sarah's like somebody's in the house somebody's coming up the stairs i'm gonna stab this old lady who's tormenting me with like a piece of glass from the bathroom um so she bursts out the door mom's like hey what's going on she gets it um she gets stabbed in the neck by her own daughter I kind of, I think it's an alright moment. It's, I mean, it's it's twisted, but I'm like, this is what I, I know what movie I'm watching at that point. I'm like, okay, and that's pedals. when old boy runs up the stairs and gets stabbed in the taint. We had our yeah. order of operations slightly wrong there, mm-hmm. and then you know what time it is. We're back to Sarah suffering. Uh, yeah, she rebarricades herself in the bathroom. Uh, Beatrice Dahl knocking on the door has made it clear. I'm I like I don't give a shit about you. I want your baby. Yeah, uh, is how she kind of says it at first. Like, and I she want also that child. says, she also says, Sarah, you don't want the kid. Which I'll be honest, I I tend to agree with. It doesn't appear Sarah wants the damn kid. Yeah, you know, there's there's the ability to read parts of this movie early on as like, oh, is Beatrice Dahl this? figment of her imagination that's about the fear of becoming a mother and and mm. having this kid by herself and the like you know uh, responsibility made corporeal that's like literally stalking you through your house on the night that you're about to give birth uh 
none of it matters because it ends up being like, nope, this is just a crazy lady who's who's breaking in to cause some problems. But that's what makes this first section so interesting, especially when you're watching it for the first time, is is that sense of not knowing what's real, what's going on, or the motivations behind any of it. So the cops show back up. No, you, you're forgetting the thing that I was alluding to earlier. Oh, um, the cat gets killed. <laughs> it's not great. The second I see this cat, I'm like, poor dude never stood a chance. Beatrice yeah. Dahl is, is sitting in front of the door. Uh, <laughs> horrifying to just hor- be like, sitting just, yeah, there. A terrifying image to consider. And then the cat walks up and Beatrice Dahl like, picks up the cat by the neck. And I'm like... I know this cat isn't making at it, making it out of here. What's going to happen? How's this going to go? She's going to rip she, the hat, cat's head off, tear the cat in half. <laughs> like anything could happen. Stab she, the cat. She pets the cat lovingly just a little too long. That makes it that much worse when she breaks the cat's neck. Yep. And discard. I think the discarding of the cat is more offensive to me than the, <laughs> the snap. She's just, just like, Meh. like uh, how you eat a chicken wing and discard the bone. Now, look, I'm on team dogs roll, cats roll all day. Facts. Cats, cats suck. This cat did not deserve this treatment, no matter how I feel about cats. He was just this living was his life. Up. Yeah. And then these fucking cops show up. Dumb as the day is long. God yeah. damn it. And this is a pretty good sequence because the cops ma- do manage to like get one over on La Femme, which I like how she isn't just this criminal mastermind. Like... In both attempts where people show up at the house, they're like, hang on a sec. What? What's going on here? So at first, uh, Beatrice Dahl pretends to be Sarah when she answers the door. And she's just like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Thanks for checking in on me. Have a nice night. And the cops are like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Bye. And they they walk away. And you're like, classic fucking movie cop move. And then they pull a Columbo. They're back at the door. They're like, hey, one more thing. Uh, how's the baby doing? Aren't you supposed to be pregnant? Uh, and then they try to put old girl in handcuffs. One of the cops is going up the stairs. It's like snap the same moment. He's like, yo, there are some dead bodies and a cat up here. And then she fucking pulls the gun off the dude's ankle and just blasts him. He's my, he's my thing. I don't know how French cops work. Do they not pull guns on suspects immediately? That well, stood out to me is the cop downstairs with Beatrice Dahl, he doesn't pull his gun to like keep her still like an American cop would. They're they're just... trying they're trying to put her in handcuffs, and I think at this point they not to make an excuse for the police force or anything, but they don't know the extent of of what she's done. They just don't know sure. who she is. Um, Either way, Beatrice Dahl gets that gun and she just starts blasting. She just starts blasting. These cops just they take it. However, there's another cop and a uh, ne'er-do-weller uh, locked it's, up in the car, which is a very kind of funny conceit for this movie to introduce about halfway through it. It's like, there's now going to be a, a hand handcuffed dude who he thought he was having a bad night. His night just got cranked up to 11 because he's now uh, made, you know, a part of the Hell House experience. <laughs> Well, he's a. Uh, yeah, well, have you seen Hell House LLC? Fun movie. Yeah, fun movie. Um, he's a. Um, he's a protester, right? Yeah. He's uh, he's in the back of the car, just kind of being like, "Hey, you were doing crimes on Christmas Eve. That's no good, sir." 
I think. Well, I think he lit a cop car on fire or something. And he has a funny line where he's like, "It wasn't me." You think if I was gonna do that, I'd have my ID on me? And I was like, oh, "That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good point. Why would he have his ID on him?" Uh, yeah. So there's a really good. Mo- so one cop makes it upstairs, and like obviously it's a fake out, but it makes it look like he's gonna be able to help get Sarah out. And there's a great moment where it's a close up on his face. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna get you out. I'm gonna get you out." And then they're talking his- through the bathroom door. Yeah, and his head. Yeah. Curse blows. Half of his head is gone in the blink of an eye. It's so good. I love gore, baby. And one of my favorite moments in the film, actually, is the cut to Sarah's reaction to that, where it's just like this scream of... that. It expresses so much for using so little words and basically just being somebody screeching at the top of their lungs. But it's like a, God damn it, what is going on? What do I have to endure? And what did I do to deserve this scream no, all in one? No human being in film history has been covered in more fake blood than this poor woman. And and we're, and we're barely halfway through it at this point, honestly. Like, this bathroom looks like the Saw bathroom at this point. Allison Paradis. Uh, yeah, has actor. also not been in a ton of stuff. This is like her kind of infamous role. She's in some French films called Camping 2, A Good Man, The Last Day, uh, The Invitation. So not a ton. She's also in uh, in France with Madonna, released in 2022. Wow. She's the narrator of that movie, actually. <laughs> so Inside go. France with Madonna. Um. I think she's great in this movie. I think she's really good. Absolutely. And yeah, has a lot to do in so far as just portraying like, yeah, that pervasive sadness of being nine months pregnant after your husband dies in a car crash and being like profoundly alone, but just continuing to live your life and then going through this movie which i would not want to do i don't know if i've said that yet would not like if if an inside 2007 happened to me you know there was an american remake yeah and it's it's like really bad apparently i I was kind of reading through the production of that where uh hollywood was like hey we want to make we want to do a remake of this movie and the two directors were like no thanks not doesn't sound like a good idea and they sort of fought for the rights and eventually were like sure you know what go for it um it was going. It cut was about to get off the ground. That production fell apart, and then eventually just uh, shat its way onto VOD in like 2016. So it sounds like it's uh, completely worthless. No shit. No disrespect. I didn't, know, I didn't even and know that much about it. Another fun fact about that: these guys were gonna do the, which I haven't watched yet. Um, so they did Leatherface, but they were originally going to do the new Hellraiser. Wow, that would have been sick. Yeah. Wow, we we don't talk about Hellraiser enough. The original? That movie goes so. That might be one of the hardest of movies ever. I was gone. I was thinking about it the other day. One of my favorite movies of all time. Pinhead might be the craziest ass white boy to ever do it. That movie's like you know that movie to me is the Exorcist levels of good. Where you're like, yes, it is like one of the yeah. best horror movies ever made. But you can drop the H word. That's one of the best movies ever made. Period. That shit goes for days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but they didn't remake that, and it's not the movie we're talking about today. What 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 movie are we talking about today? Uh, La La Inside. Okay, so when I was watching the unrated cut on Apple TV, uh, about an hour ago now, mm-hmm. I press play, a little Apple screen pops up. It says now watching colon the inside. The inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not what this fucking movie is called. Well, 
That might be a literal translation of the French title. Of Alentrier. Yeah. Have I talked about how I don't speak French? French is one of those languages like German where it just sounds like English if you speak it with your mouth full. I think the French would really appreciate you saying that. Is that insulting? And the Germans. Is that, is that a bad thing to say? I don't think so. Uh, well, what happens next, right? I think, like, so when the guns start going off, the cop and the protester, the cop's like, we got to go in. And he's like, you're coming with me. So he handcuffs the protester to him. They go in. And I think Beatrice Dahl's character, she decides to hide for a while, hearing more fucking people come in. Can you imagine being this woman? You're just like, I'm just going to go Christ. kill this I was trying to do. I'm try, I was trying to do a very casual, hey, it's me. I'm going to take your baby. Sorry yeah. about all that. She's like, these fucking cops, this editor-in-chief. Ugh. Yeah. So they come in. They find uh, Sarah in the bathroom. The the, the the protester dude immediately is like, hey, what the fuck? I did not yeah. sign up for this. I, you're just supposed to take me to jail. This is crazy. Start puking. It's very funny. Uh, very funny. It's not funny. It's horrible. No, um, it's a great moment of brevity in this otherwise yeah, just terrifying and dour film. So the cop is like, the cop is like, oh, shit, time to get you out of here. Be chill. And um, La Femme cuts the lights to the house. And now this is a moment of grand stupidity from this cop. I think, like, I think, this, I, I think this exact, like, the lights go out, and I think this is where the movie, for me, loses an entire star on Letterboxd and doesn't get it back. You know, up until now, I've been watching a yeah. five-star masterpiece. It ends up at a four for me. But uh, this is the moment, basically, where I'm like, okay, there are some holes in the ship. The cop makes an incredibly dumb decision that you cannot really rationalize, which is, I gotta go turn the lights back on. It's like, bro, the front door's at the bottom of the stairs. Take this poor woman out of here. Yeah. Who gives a shit? And uh, believe it or not, that doesn't work out well, for Yeah, him. how's it go for him? It doesn't work out. It, he gave... <laughs> this, it's so funny. He gives his gun... To Sarah, which fair enough, and then he gives a anti riot gun. Are these Sarah. things? Are these things real? It's like the fucking. I know you haven't seen Avatar: The Way of Water, but they use uh, these big sonic emitters to hunt the Tolkun, the alien whales in those movies. And I, I think about that a lot. I think about that whole sequence a lot. But it's just like these big fucking sonic cannons that are meant to like herd the whales. And yeah. In Avatar, I'm like, oh my god, is that a real technology? Because it's so evil. And then I watch this movie, and he's basically just got a handheld version of that that's like... So, this... I think they're rubber, like, shoot rubber balls or sandbags. Yeah. He gives it to the protester. He just never lets the protester go, which is crazy. Like It's it, insane, yeah. A complete lack of empathy. You would want and, an ally here. Like, you just uncuff him so you don't have this cumbersome walking a dumb dog around on the short yeah. leash, you know? So goes down, tries to flip the breaker, which, as someone who recently had to try to flip a breaker for the first time, I understand. doesn't make any fucking it's tough. sense what you're yeah. looking at. Uh, La Femme just walks up, grabs the gun from him, <laughs> and shoots the cop in the head, and just caves in his fucking forehead, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the gore... I mean, this movie had a very small budget, mm -hmm. I, uh, I was learning about, and they use it all on the gore and... Not the CGI baby effects, which keep yeah. popping up every time Sarah's in trouble. It's like, oh my god, there's a baby in there, and it's very scared. And 
I'm like, I could, I could do without that. Also, we should talk about the, uh, we referenced it a little bit earlier, but since we're on the CGI baby, which is a weakness of this film, uh, the scene that I referenced from the unrated cut, which is the milk puking scene, uh, where it like is in the quote unquote normal part of the movie up front, the first like 15 minutes, but Sarah starts getting into this puking fit where she, I called it milk earlier. Yeah. She pukes up this liquid that basically just looks like milk that turns into blood. And then there's a sort of jump scare moment where the CGI baby pops out of her mouth. And I was just like, having seen the, I suppose, rated version of this, I was like, that's goofy. We didn't need that. Uh, Just a week or two ago, I watched a film with a extremely long vomit scene that was just captivating aj triangle of sadness 964 pinocchio oh i don't want to hear any more about this film i'm gonna watch it all i'm gonna say is there's a scene in that movie that's gonna immediately remind you of possession and you're gonna say god damn it they beat isabella at her own game do you know that movie uh is really popular on tiktok right now possession no uh 964 pinocchio it just, dude, it just, uh, Media Blasters just yeah. put it out and it's blowing up. It's crazy. Cause that was like, that was a pretty underground film. Like it was hard one to of find. those, like, yeah. in the, that came out around the time of like Tetsuo. That it was like, if oh, you wow. can find it, watch this shit. But it was out of print for like 20 years. And it's just now was released again. And AJ, I just need you to buy it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Fucking I promise insane. you. I promise you. Maybe we're gonna talk about it on this podcast. So now that the house is still dark, everybody's stomping around, things are going no good, very bad. Sarah's out of the bathroom. Sarah's out of the bathroom. She The movie's called Inside, now she's outside. Embarrassing thing about me is I didn't realize the name of this movie is a double entendre, pregnancy, baby inside. Yeah. La Femme coming inside. Well, that's, that's why I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, is this one of those pregnancy horror movies? I, I keep saying that. What are the ones that I'm thinking of? I, I can't believe I'm being so goofy. Uh, I feel like it's just a thing that happens in a lot of these movies where if there's a pregnancy, it usually means something else. Kind of like it does here, but is is some sort of metaphor. Uh, Beatrice Dahl in this section gets one of the coolest weapons uh, in a sort of horror slasher movie. Very creative. Very cool. I believe it's the uh, like window runner uh, that she's broken into a big sharp pole and well, she uses Sarah it to... starts with it. Sarah yeah. makes the weapon. But then Beatrice Dahl takes it. And, and what does she but... do with it? Well hold on. There's a big fight in the kitchen between them. Mm-hmm. Which is we were jumping ahead a little there's a fight in the kitchen between Sarah and Beatrice Dahl where um it seems like Sarah's gonna get one over on Beatrice Dahl, and she just grabs the toaster and like bashes Sarah. Yeah, so this this Funny this is moment. what I was referring to earlier, where I was like, the violence has gotten so over the top that it's now uh, a comedy. But this is this has big uh, Family Guy Peter versus the giant chicken energy. <laughs> yeah, where she There's just like weird... it's really it's a really great moment where they're kind of having this this tense standoff, and then. You know the the atmospheric score drops out, and Beatrice Dahl just grabs the toaster by the cord and thonks Sarah on the yeah. head with it, and it's like a silent moment. And it's just this big fucking like bonk, and then she's out. Yeah, and so Sarah's out. Beatrice Dahl gets on top of her and lights a cigarette, and Sarah grabs. I'm not sure what it might be. It's a, it's an aerosol can of some sort, 
and sprays it in Beatrice Doll's face and melts the shit out of this lady. And like I mean, at this point, candle. she is like an actual movie monster now because she's yeah. got this horribly disfigured face. Um, and it's so gnarly. Around here is when we get the big twist of the film as well, which I really appreciated when I was watching the movie for the first time because it did one of my favorite things a movie can do, which is let you figure out the twist kind of organically about 30 seconds before the movie tells you the twist. So you feel kind of cool and you're like, wouldn't it? Because this is the thought I'm having watching the movie. I'm like, oh my God, wouldn't it be insane if... Beatrice Dahl was in that other car and like her husband died and she lost her baby. And that's why she's hunted down Sarah and wants to find her and take her baby. And then Beatrice Dahl says exactly what I just said. And I go, good movie. That's good. That is. (laughs) Um, There's, there's this, there's a part in this movie I was very confused by. And it's, it's actually what is still in the kitchen after Sarah's been bonked. She set uh, Beatrice Dahl on fire. She takes a, a a frequent weapon in this film is a, a crochet crochet uh, mm-hmm. needle. She Domestic terror. It, she takes it and stabs herself in the neck, Sarah. And it's like, I oh, didn't she's quite herself. get that either. Yeah, she yeah, like but, pokes a hole so she can breathe, kind of. Oh no, I thought she was trying to kill herself. I thought so but too, but like, she there's a very practical ducked. reasoning for it. Yeah. She immediately duct immediately duct tapes it shut. So yeah. I didn't understand what that was about. Me neither. Other than it's pretty hard pretty to fucking watch. Hard. I mean, because there's so much goddamn blood at this point. Yeah. Basically everywhere in the house. Beatrice Dahl has that burnt two face looking thing going on. Sarah is just like literally head to toe drenched in blood. She's got several open wounds on her body at this point. It's just bad news. There are one, two, three, four dead bodies in the house, and one that presumed to be dead but is going to pop back up uh, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, then, then a zombie shows up. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? I don't like, know. A zombie shows up, and Beatrice Dahl takes this weapon that Sarah well, it's Well, it's the, it's the prisoner who got shot. No, it's the cop. It's the cop. The prisoner yeah, oh, has yeah. gotten the scissor stuck. Because he's wearing the, yeah. he's He's been hit by the you know, riot weapon or whatever, and his eyes are, like, blacked out. Yeah, and he looks just over the top like a zombie or some sort of undead ghoul. And this is when Homeboy just gets run through with the shower rod. And yeah, shower a gr- rod a with great a kill. steak knife at yeah. the end of it. Maybe my favorite kill in the movie, to be honest. It's so satisfying. And then here's the movie's about to wrap up. We've learned why Beatrice Dahl is there. And then somehow... Uh, well... Yeah, are you going to set this up? After 75 minutes of just intense pain and suffering across the board, we get the gnarliest kill in the entire film. It is, I I would have to estimate they used about 1,700 gallons of blood to film this last scene on the stairs. Unbelievably difficult to watch, even for a sequence I have already seen. Right, like you. So when you don't know it's coming, I like I could I was I was literally watching it through my fingers the first yeah. time going through this movie, and so then even now, just now, I'm like I, I don't want to see some of this stuff. The Sarah, the, the zombie what? cop is blinded, confused, 
thinks that Sarah is La Femme, she's a femme, mm-hmm. but not La Femme, starts just wailing on her, punching her in the gut. And when you're nine months pregnant, ready to pop, you don't want that to happen to you. Her water yeah. immediately breaks, splashes on the ground. That in and of itself, terrifying to even consider. Mm-hmm. And so now she's giving birth, basically. She tries to crawl up the stairs. She just can't do it. La Femme burnt to a crisp, grabs her, turns her over. The scissors return to the fucking Mac. The scissors are here. Yeah. Well, I think a really great moment and a detail that shouldn't be skipped is Sarah starts pleading with her where she's like, the baby's stuck, not coming out. Like, you have to save the baby. Cut the baby out of me, which is yeah, what the movie's been about so far is Beatrice Dahl trying to cut the baby out of this woman. She's now begging her cut this baby out of me which is you know i can't speak to the feminist politics of the film inside and the kind of communal themes of motherhood that are portrayed by the sequence there's a there's a potency and a poignancy to it there's like sure. it's not just um you know a, a film i watched for this as well uh martyrs deals with some kind of similar themes in a way that's a movie that i would generously describe as torture porn right um which is a, a, a label that quite gets thrown literally. around a lot it, it is quite literally torture porn um and not to be like oh this art's better because xyz I, I do think that there's some real thematic resonance to inside and the violence particularly in this last sure. 10 minutes where like Yes, on its face, it's a very hard scene to watch because it's a human being being cut open with a pair of scissors and blood and guts just oozing out of this massive wound. But, like, it's a very sad scene, too. Like, it's really a downer. I mean, the one thing we have skipped over in talking about this film is, like, obviously, yes, there's a lot of blood and terror, but it is a deeply sad film from the beginning to the end like a lot of this is handled very somberly and mm-hmm. dourly obviously there there are obviously many 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 scenes of great violence but like the scene the the movie never has a happy note except for the that that protester <laughs> yeah. being kind of goofy well that's why i'm so kind of I'll use the word like bummed out or whatever, but disappointed when it does veer off into that mm-hmm. over the top territory, the the family guy moment that I'm describing, because um, the rest of it is handled so well and feels so like you can describe the actions and what's happening like we're we're doing, but it's not just violence for the sake of violence at all. It is all handled really well. Um, and then once it starts feeling inappropriate or mm-hmm. kind of handled irresponsibly, it's a di- it, it feels kind of like a different movie. And it, luckily it gets back to it in these final moments and ends on the strongest possible note in just this, <laughs> this one, two punch of a scene that's incredibly difficult to watch. And then just leaves you feeling fucking bummed out. Yeah. Beatrice doll literally cuts the baby out there is a shot of the blood slowly cascading down the stairs down the stairs holy shit yeah yeah and then we end on a shot of la femme the burnt candle she is now cradling the baby baby in Mm -hmm. a rocking chair and the movie fucking ends and goddamn, the french have done it again now i don't 
I don't want to be a pedantic CinemaSins user either. Uh, how much longer after that last scene do you think, uh, you know, however happy you want to call that? Like, she's sitting there rocking the baby, staring at Sarah, who's dead on the stairs, all these other dead bodies. She's drenched in blood. The film, like, switches over to this reel, just, like, looks like there was a red filter over the camera. Like, and then it fades to black, the credit starts... Are the cops busting down the door, like, immediately after that? You know, like, the sort of, the unspoken. Yeah, or, like, at what point does La Femme die from her exactly. own Exactly, yep. Like, it's like a great Jesus. ending. It's so powerful. It's, here's the thing. Kind of a, this is a real underseen one, I feel like, compared to its contemporaries, Martyrs that you brought up, High yeah. Tension, of course. Um, this is a fucking barn burner, man. This is a great little flick. Yeah, I fucking loved this movie like the mm-hmm. best discovery of the show so far for me for sure like yeah incredible it, movie it it i think if you're seeking out a home invasion b slasher or c new french extremity like put inside on your mm-hmm. list just make sure they're speaking french in it because if they're speaking english you're you watching the wrong, the wrong one or if uh, it's a white guy with long hair singing you've definitely got the wrong movie yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie is not about white men who are sad about being <laughs> white men. Uh, uh, fucking that's a, like I'm so I, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, man. Because this was this was one of the early movies for the show that I was like uh, I was I was championing. So yeah, I, I mean, and fucking whips. So I got the this will probably be a running theme because this is where I got most of these these movies that I watched for the first time for the show, but rented it from the the video rental station at, at my local Alamo draft house. And it was just the, you know, first run DVD. And, you know, as soon as the credits roll, I'm firing up the internet. I'm like inside boutique Blu-ray. I'm like, I don't care <laughs> yeah. where it's coming from. I don't care how much I have to pay to import it. I'm getting a copy of this. And it's still pretty hard to find. Luckily, mm-hmm. yeah, the unrated cut is on iTunes was on sale for five bucks recently. So I was just like instant decision. Like, you know, if, if I watch this movie one more time in my life, that's worth it. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's relatively accessible. I think on YouTube, actually, if you want to, you can pull up some of the French DVD uh, special features. And watch, oh yeah. Like, the I watched, of. I watched those too. They're really yeah. cool. Uh, side note. I didn't know. Did you only watch martyrs recently or had you seen that? No, I watched that one. Uh, kind of before I, I watched this martyrs and frontiers kind of all together in, in oh, one okay batch. so i, I didn't I, know i think we we talked about it on an earlier episode you know oh martyrs yeah. is martyrs is cool it's got a great opening her busting it we're not talking about this on the show so i'm gonna get this out now yeah her busting into that fucking house with, with the, the shotgun, shotgun i mean it is the best part of the movie and talk about it's a movie nuts. that comically escalates that movie goes insane places and that's one that really does just feel like uh the thing i was describing earlier where it's like hey what's the most fucked up thing you can imagine let's run with that let's keep going <laughs> that movie, I, like i recently was being served a youtube video with the headline like the most profound film in cinema history or some shit and the thumbnail was that old woman from the ending of martyrs and i was oh, like yeah. we gotta slow wrong. i think Who, uh, the ending of martyrs is interesting in a science fiction kind of way i love the final shot and then there's a bonus feature on that dvd where the director is like well i was inspired by the passion of joan of arc and i'm like okay i like that last shot a lot <laughs> less now <laughs> i think like there's kind of an interesting question the end of martyrs asks that's interesting from like a sci-fi point of view 
Oh my god! I he, would not he, say he any part of that film is profound. No, I mean that movie's fucking gnarly for the sake of being gnarly, and like it yeah. is twisted and it is kind of hard to watch. Uh, not my favorite. That dude directed mm-hmm. The Tall Man, which is a movie that's also been on my uh, watch list for a while. But um, yeah. fucking Pascal Laguerre. Since we're not talking about martyrs, I just want to say on the DVD that I watched, there was like a, a play intro by filmmaker, and I was like, sure, I always like to watch those. It's him sitting in like a, a rip-off Criterion closet that's like his personal uh, VHS collection, and he's like, "Thanks for watching my movie." you know i hope you have a great time if you do you might be a little fucked up and i'm like i know everything about this dude this exact kind of dude (laughs) i do like that movie though i think it's fine yeah um well gosh other stuff you want to recommend blake oh i don't know i mean i don't think they're directly applicable but because i I brought it up earlier and i just think everyone should see that movie is sleepaway camp might be an interesting double feature with this tonally could not be more different other than people die the sleepaway camp goes hard and has a very unexpected um murderer which inside of course also does using a female murderer um so i don't know sleepaway camp might be a cool one okay um i've got two that are more modern recent Mm. films but deal with a lot of similar themes and you know, I was definitely thinking of watching this film. So one's called The Eyes of My Mother, uh, which is directed by Nicholas Pesca, who made the Very Bad Grudge remake. This movie's awesome. Really okay. cool black and white photography and is similar to this in that it's just like, hey, kind of imagine like the worst day of your life, right? Yeah. Um, it's She like lives in this isolated country house and things basically just get real fucked up. Um, and then the other one is a movie I love, that I don't it like should just be talked about more. It's called Under the Shadow, um, and it's a like Iranian horror movie about uh, there's a bombing happening, and this family, this mother and this daughter, are like locked in their apartment complex together, and then there's a demon in the apartment complex, and it sort of walks the thematic line this movie does. That's like how much of this horror is real versus yeah like imagined based on these things that are happening um it's streaming on netflix right now i love this movie really great movie uh so highly recommend that one right on hell yeah well there it is folks what's our next movie is it frontier frontier s it's frontier s all right we're gonna have a we're gonna have a great time talking about this movie i don't think you like this movie i I enjoyed it it and there's a lot to talk about uh what a fucking what a fucking trip. Have you seen Red State by Kevin Smith? <laughs> yes. This movie's like French Red State by Kevin Smith. No, it's like French Green Room. This one's more like French Green Room because there's that incredible uh hand stab. Oh yeah. Which we did true. skip over, but she's doing the classic like that that's the thing too. We probably missed some gnarly moments to talk about in this movie. It's just gnarly moments it's just violence all the way through and i think as the past hour has evidenced it's worth a watch because it's not just like violence for violence sake now frontiers on the other hand (laughs) holy moly (laughs) i will say frontiers has a moment we'll talk about on the next episode but it did make me jump off uh, off the couch hoot and holler and immediately rewind and watch again at which point i 
jumped off the couch again and hooted and hollered. Frontiers, uh, and and not to dip into the Frontiers episode too early, but I'll leave this as a teaser for next week. Uh, Frontiers makes one of the worst decisions I've ever seen a movie make, which is the first 25 minutes of Frontiers. Interesting. Uh, We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, and, And that's that. See you next week for Frontier S. Go outside now. Yeah, you've been inside. Go outside. No, don't go outside. That's where La Femme is. La Femme is. And it's raining here in North Carolina today. Who knows what it's going to be like when you're listening to this.